What's up, game geeks and tech junkies? Welcome to A Gaming Moment, a weekly 30-minute podcast about everything gaming and streaming related, including the news, tech, and software behind it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us, as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all of your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm Dagan07, and with me as always is Wild Twins Fan. So we're going to start off this week away from our normal genres and jump over to cinema and pop culture. We lost an icon this week, a symbol in the community, and in some people's eyes, a hero, someone to aspire to. As many of you know, we lost Chadwick Boseman this week, and I wanted to start off this week with a segment celebrating his life. This is truly a tragic loss. He's well known for his on-screen roles, such as the infamous King T'Challa from Black Panther, Jackie Robinson from 43, and James Brown in the biopic movie James Brown. But it's the work off-screen that's made the world a better place. Yeah, while the losing Chadwick really hits hard for me on multiple fronts, he was one of the most articulate speakers of our time, as shown by his tribute to Denzel Washington. I know personally that your generosity extends past what you have given on the stage and screen. Many of you already know the story that Mr. Washington, when asked by Felicia Rashad to join her in assisting nine theater students from Howard University who had been accepted to a summer acting program at the British Academy of Dramatic Acting in Oxford, he gracefully and privately agreed to contribute. As fate would have it, I was one of the students that he paid for. Imagine receiving the letter that your tuition for that summer was paid for and that your benefactor was none other than the dopest actor on the planet. (laughs) I have no doubt that there are similar stories at boys and girls clubs and theaters and churches across the country where I know you have also inspired and motivated others. An offering from a sage and a king is more than silver and gold. It is a seed of hope a bud of faith. There is no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. And, 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 and not just because of me, but my whole cast, that generation stands on your shoulders. The daily battles won, the thousand territories gained, the many sacrifices you made for the culture on film sets through your career, the things you refused to compromise along the way, laid the blueprints for us to follow. And so now, let he who has watered be watered. Let he who has given be given too. It is an honor to now know you, to learn from you, and join in this work with you. May God bless you exceedingly and abundantly more in what's in store than he ever has before. God bless you. He was a man of faith. He was a man of the community. And he was a hero that transcended the stereotypes of modern day America. And to find out he was fighting cancer, this absolutely broke my heart. As you know, Wildy, I lost my mom a little less than two years ago to cancer. So this really sank to the bottom of my heart. It's crazy that in this day of modern medicine that we're still losing so many people to this disease. And that's why Waldy and I are going to be running a charity stream campaign for the American Association for Cancer Research. 
where we'll be raising money over the course of a week from October 18th to the 24th to do what we can to eliminate this plague. For me, this is a legacy to my mom and is a reason why we're doing this in October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. She underwent experimental procedures and clinical medicine trials, and my prayer that I pray every night is that in some way, shape, or form, her contributions and sacrifice will help save someone else's life with the information and data collected by what she went through. So during this campaign, our goal is to raise at least $1,000, and your contribution can go a long way in saving someone's life or aid in the prevention of someone getting cancer. So let's play to end cancer. You can find more information about this campaign on our website at agamingmoment.com. If you want to contribute sooner, you can visit our website and find the links to the contribution page. The campaign is hosted through Tiltify, and donations can be made via PayPal. A Gaming Moment does not see a single cent of your generosity, so you can be sure that 100% of your contribution goes to support the cause. You can receive a receipt for your tax purposes if you use the PayPal donation option. The receipt will be sent through PayPal, and it is the most reliable way. My personal goal for this is to find a better alternative to chemotherapy, which is basically pumping your body full of toxins to kill excess amounts of white blood cells in the body. Help us find a safer way to save lives. And on that note, someone's going to have to save someone's life at CenturyLink, an internet service provider here in the U.S. As many may have witnessed on Sunday, August 30th, there was a major internet outage due to a misconfiguration that originated from one of CenturyLink's data centers near Ontario, Canada. This caused a 3.5% drop in global internet traffic, which makes this one of the biggest internet outages ever recorded. All in all, CenturyLink had to reset all equipment and start with clean routing tables, a process that took almost seven hours to complete. The list of tech giants who had their services go down because of CenturyLink's outage include big names like Amazon, Twitter, Microsoft Xbox Live, EA, Blizzard, Steam, Discord, Reddit, Hulu, and many more. So if you're trying to get some early morning games in, or Discord chats going on, and you weren't able to, now you know why. So Wally, what else did you see this week? Microsoft releases the Android-powered Surface Duo on September 10th. I don't know, it seems to be lacking a bunch of standard things on most phones today. Microsoft showed us the design concept in October. It'll have two 5.6-inch OLED displays, together to form an 8.1-inch overall workspace, with a 3 to 2 aspect ratio. The displays are designed to work in similar ways to multiple monitors on a Windows PC. I like that mobile devices are slowly starting to go this route. I know personally trying to get work done on one screen with a computer is a giant pain in the butt. On my iPhone, it's been a problem when I'm trying to multitask across apps, and one of the features I'm looking for in a new phone is a better way to multitask. The Surface Dual will only work with 4G networks. Microsoft said the 4G wireless allows for better battery life and a thinner device. It does support 18-watt fast charging, but no wireless charging. What's the point of trying to make something that's better for productivity if you're still using older generation technology? 5G has proven to be more efficient. I don't care about the thickness of my device, especially if it's a multi-screen device. Make it a little thicker, give it a little bit bigger battery, and support 5G so I can maximize my productivity. If phone thickness is such a deal breaker for a consumer, then they should get the Moto Razor at that point. This phone should target the demographic of people who need to get shit done, not appease the people who want a paper-thin phone. As far as the wireless charging goes, 
is it really that big of a deal? You still have a cable going to your wireless charging pad anyways. The fast charging is more important in my opinion, and I'm glad Microsoft at least acknowledged that. Microsoft mostly talked about how the Surface Duo is built for productivity and better interaction with its two-screen multitasking between apps, which basically means amenities like a kill camera and a multi-speaker surround sound are not going to be present on a device like this. As these features should come secondary on a device like this, the way I look at the Surface Duo is how many people look or looked at Blackberries back in the day. They weren't the thinnest, prettiest phones on the market, but they were built for productivity and getting shit done. They were built to keep businesses moving forward. To me, this is how Microsoft should be marketing these devices, especially now since BlackBerry announced their new device. There's no NFC and no SD expansion card slot. You'll be stuck with either the 128GB version or the 256GB version of memory. All for $1,400 or $1,500 sounds to me overpriced with a lack of features found on most phones today that can be bought for less money. On the plus side, the Duo comes with a lot of first-party Microsoft apps made and optimized specifically for this dual-screen setup. As a PC user, I think I've come to the point I want at least two screens at minimum for my desktop, so in that line, this might be a game-changer. Ultimately, a weak camera and a small battery might be the real deal-breakers for me. My wife, however, may actually be the perfect candidate, so we're going to look into these once it actually launches. For me, it's the $1,400 price point and the lack of 5G that's the real deal breaker. If I'm paying that much, I better get the fastest speeds available for my network. That's why I'm looking at the OnePlus 8 Pro, not a sponsor, which starts at $899 and has much better performance specs than this, but it does lack the secondary display. Well, Dave, if you do decide to give the Surface Duo a try, the Microsoft Store does offer a fairly lenient return policy at 60 days. No questions asked, no restocking fees. The phone must be in its original packing and like new. Yeah, nah, hard pass unless it uses one of NVIDIA's new MX series chips. NVIDIA launched a new MX series GPU. It uses the same chip as the GTX 1650, but with a reduced memory bus of 64-bit. Furthermore, the MX 450 is the first mobile GPU with a PCIe Gen 4 support. The MX450's performance is around that of a 1050 Ti, and that's pretty impressive. Yeah, being built on the new Turing technology lends this little baby's power. Now, this GPU is not meant to be a gaming GPU, but in a pinch would get you by on many games on low settings. So if you're looking for a mobile GPU for gaming, don't go with a machine that has this chip. Go with one that has like a GTX or an RTX GPU. Nintendo is now Japan's richest company. The Japanese console manufacturer was listed to have approximately 8.3 billion in US dollars in cash, making it the richest company in Japan. It's worth noting that this report focuses on net cash and means it includes any debts and liabilities in its calculations, which is likely why Sony isn't on top of the list. In terms of total assets, Sony is worth about 218 billion, while Nintendo lags far behind with only 18.3 billion in assets. Of course, Sony has a much more diversified portfolio of products and services when compared to Nintendo. Still impressive that in such difficult year as this, Nintendo has managed to reign supreme above all other Japanese companies when it comes to net cash on hand. There are Nintendo purists out there, your Zelda, Mario, diehard players that will keep the company going. 
But to be honest, I'm shocked as I don't really see the Switch as a top-tier console or even the sales of DS handheld systems increasing. Maybe I'm just not seeing it. I own one, and we usually play it when friends are over so we can battle on Super Smash Bros. or Mario Kart, but that's really about it. I can't see the Switch being a great first-person shooter console or a racing sim console or a sports console. I just can't see it personally, but I guess there are those who are not in any of my circles anyway that keep investing in a Nintendo. Well, Dave, Nintendo's profits don't lie, and they're up 428% this year. And I think that's enough proof that people still love their Nintendos. Without an official announcement to the media, Samsung quietly made a new line of 980 Pro SSD storage device info available on their site. Samsung 980 Pro magically appeared on its website. There'll be a 250GB, a 500GB, and a 1TB version. Listed are some blazing performances. Sequential read speeds and write speeds are listed at 7,000 megabytes a second and 5,000 megabytes a second, respectively. The NAND storage method used for the 980 Pro is TLC-based and not the MLC used in the older versions. That means that the endurance of this drive is less than that of the 970 Pro series it replaces. Few people should have worries about that, though. These drives will still last a long time. Samsung is one of my favorite SSD manufacturers. I have a 970 Evo in my machine right now. They make a solid, reliable product with one of, if not the lowest, failure rates on the market. It's good to see that they're still continuing innovation in an area that, in my opinion, they're dominating in. Sony has said in a 2020 corporate report that it plans to bring more first-party games to the PC in the near future. We will explore expanding our first-party titles to the PC platform, the report says. In order to promote further growth and profitability, the decision to bring more of Sony's in-house catalog to the PC is cited as a key strategic point in the coming direction of its game and network service division. The reason for the change is partially given in the report. Competition from the online PC games and players from other industries is expected to continue to intensify. Is this really where they want to head? I mean, maybe bringing PlayStation exclusive titles to PC would be okay, but then wouldn't that make them not exclusive titles anymore? I know some people who would love to play games such as God of War or The Last of Us series on PC. So if they do decide to go this route, I hope that they don't develop their own launcher, but rather partner up with a more solid launcher. Not Epic, though. They're bad. Like, really bad. But hey, maybe this means I can play Spider-Man on PC now. The Sims 4 stream of new expansion packs and add-ons just keeps flowing. And the latest is a sci-fi crossover that feels like it should have happened years ago. Star Wars is coming to The Sims 4 this month. The Sims 4 Star Wars Journey to Batu game pack is filled to the brim with Star Wars stuff for your Sims. There's spaceships like the X-Wing and the Millennium Falcon, lightsabers and blaster battles, lots of aliens, stormtroopers and rebels, R2-D2, and plenty of home customizations to turn your house into the Star Wars cantina. According to the official site, you'll get to side with either the Resistance, the First Order, or the Scoundrels, and your choice will determine who will control the planet of Batu. As you progress through the story, you'll unlock new rewards like Starfighter access, new outfits, and critical missions on Batu. Not gonna lie here, never touch The Sims. My first reaction to this is, finally? Or, what took them so long? 
But again, I've never touched any game of theirs, so I'm not sure what their target demographic is. But good we're getting another Star Wars title out on the market. More money for Disney. I'm not going to pick it up because it's just not my style of game. That, and between my wife and kids, Disney already gets too much of my money anyways. Ooh, it hurts so good. Asus is launching the first ROG Swift 360Hz 24.5-inch 1080p fast IPS panel. This offers a 1 millisecond response time to support the very fast 360Hz refresh rate. That is also supported through the native G-Sync hardware module for variable refresh rates. It's gonna hurt your wallet and set you back a solid 700 bucks. But that actually seems to be about the going rate for these top tier monitors. And this is a first in its class. PCMag.com has a great review and write-up on their site. Is there really a need for a 360 hertz monitor? Are you really playing any games that are running at 360 frames a second? I mean, really. Think about that for a second. For the average PC gamer, is this a wise investment? Probably not. On some tests run by the Linus Media Group on YouTube, most of your average gamers won't be able to tell the difference between a 240Hz monitor and the 360Hz monitor. For competitive gamer, maybe? And that's a big maybe. But sure, if you have the spare cash to grab a $700 monitor and you're running games above 300 frames, go for it. Let's not forget it's a real G-Sync monitor too, so you'll get the frames as fast as possible. Maybe not all 360, but you also get some future-proofing. And you still get smooth, fast frames as fast as your GPU can push it without the tearing. G-Sync will make it great for any computer. Guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast and would like to support us so we can keep creating more content, we've started a Patreon that you can visit at patreon.agamingmoment.com. Become a patron and gain exclusive benefits such as early access to episodes, monthly AMAs, and an additional monthly bonus episode. So sign up today. And we got just one follow-up this week. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War was revealed in an actual in-game event. Pretty cool way to launch a new game or content. I'm hyped. It looks great in the trailer. I love the event drop for new content. I'm also a little disappointed that it was such a short time event and I didn't get a chance to see it for myself in person. Obviously, COD's not the first to do such events. Fortnite probably gets the credit for the success of these type of events by gaining a huge hype and following around their Black Hole event live. Yeah, the trailer for the game looks good. I was actually watching Dr. Disrespect stream live when he was going through the in-game event. I thought it was a genius marketing tactic by COD and Infinity War to integrate that into the current game. But like you said, Fortnite had the biggest turnout with the end event with over four and a half million on YouTube, over a million and a half on Twitch and over a million on Twitter and a whopping 22 people on Mixer, which probably brought down their servers with that amount of traffic. Ooh, beating a dead horse, are we, day? Well, some horses never die, Wildy. Hey, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us, as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all podcasting platforms. So do it. Well, now that you mentioned that, there's no better reason to hit us up on the social medias than the top questions of the week. Twitch streamer banned for cheating in COD Day. Generally speaking, it's only a seven-day ban for cheating on Twitch. How do you feel about this? Just because I have a good recoil, I'm good at the game. Is it the first time you see someone good at the game? 
now I'm talking with you guys because you really, I, I, I play and I look at the chat and I be like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? What's going on, guys? Have you ever seen anyone playing like me? It's like, like, seriously. Huh? Hi. Oh my god, man. Good. This is a well-deserved ban. This ban comes shortly before Activision filed a federal lawsuit against CX Cheats, a prominent manufacturer of Call of Duty cheats. Some of us play games to have fun and blow off steam, some play for the competition, and some just play to troll. But you can troll without cheating. Just get good, son, and talk that shit. But don't talk shit and claim to be good while you're cheating. The way I think about it, if you're cheating, that means you're worse than the bad players because you're getting killed by them, and you have to use cheats to kill them as well. Honestly, this guy's a total douchebag. And as you heard, he was live on stream bragging about how good he was. I love the defeat in his voice when he realizes he just showed everyone his cheat program running on his computer. He had just timed out a user for calling him a cheater when he accidentally revealed the cheats on stream. Really? This trash can should be banned from streaming on all platforms forever. It's misleading and those profiting from cheating make me sick and they should never have the chance to do it again. Eh, he'll be welcome on Brime Live whenever they launch. That's where all of the trash can players will probably go to make a name for themselves. I hope he gets permabanned from the franchise, to be honest. Cheating and hacks are the lowest form of scum players on the internet, and they deserve every punishment they get. I mean, Buddy had like 1,800 people watching him doing this. The arrogance. So the next question comes in from one of our listeners, Z Ambitions, and he asks, how do you pick the right controller, or what controller do you prefer? The reality is a controller works great for a lot of things, even on PC. I've definitely used one for driving in games like Battlefield 1 many times. I think Fall Guys just plays better on a controller too. I remember going to the Xbox for the first time, and with a new Xbox controller, I was a little apprehensive. But I found the size and the fitment to be perfect for me, and I ended up picking up a Sony controller again years later, and I really just couldn't do it anymore. I'm just Xbox now, and I think with the new Bluetooth update that allows you to use it on a lot of different devices, there's no reason for me to look back elsewhere at anything else. So I'll answer this two-part question pretty easily. I love the ergonomics of the Xbox controller. Always have. I literally have zero complaints about the controller's layout. I also love a controller that has a nice weight and is customizable. So yeah, I made the $170 investment in an Xbox Elite Series 2 controller, and I love the thing. I use it on my computer to play games like Rocket League or when I'm streaming my Xbox or PlayStation to my computer so I can use a single controller. It's amazing and well worth the money. But when it comes down to it, it's really what's more comfortable in your hands. I know plenty of people who swear by the PlayStation controller design. That one is just not for me. The hand rests unnaturally, and it just doesn't sit right in my hand. I guess it's just due to the size of my hands. I got bigger hands. Hey guys, be sure to hit us back on your take on cheating streamers and your controller preferences. We love to engage with our community. So that's going to be it for this episode. Help us in raising money for the American Association for Cancer Research by checking out our website at agamingmoment.com. This is a campaign that is dear to us, and we're looking to help save some lives. Thank you guys for listening in, and consider our Patreon to support the podcast, and also by going to merch.agamingmoment.com and picking up some of that sweet, sweet swag. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform, and be sure to check back every Tuesday for new episodes. Until next time, keep grinding.